Hi, I'm Christina Rodenbeck, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Sally Kirkman. Hello, Sally. Hi, uh, <laughs> to talk about the astrology of the month ahead. That is the astrology from the solstice um, on 21st of June to 21st of July. Um, my website is the Oxford Astrologer. Sally's website is sallykirkman.com. And uh, we also just want to remind you that we have a new mini podcast that we're doing in between uh, called Astrology Talk Investigates. Um, although we're not sure if it's Astrology Talk Investigates or Investigate. Um, anyway, is it a plural noun or a singular noun? Um, but we've talked about Sherlock Holmes. We've talked about Glastonbury. And next month, obviously, we're talking about the French Revolution because the Bastille Day is coming up. Um, and I think they're kind of good and interesting. What do you think, Sally? Yeah, I think they're great. There's um, um, the, the next few, we're just sort of really going in short and pithy. I think they're 15 minutes, probably. So yeah, we hope you enjoy them. And do let us know what you'd like us to investigate. I mean, you know, they're all based on the hook is a question. So, yeah. so, so let us know, let us know what you think of them and, and yeah, what you'd like us to investigate. Yeah. Ask, ask us, ask us anything. So we have normally with this podcast, we do retrodiction at this point. We look back at the previous month and we're going to do that this month as well, because, oh my God, what, a, I mean, especially just in the past few days, just before we started this uh, podcast, report this podcast, we've had Boris Johnson resigns, the ex-prime minister here. We've had Donald Trump arraigned. Uh, we've had uh, Berlusconi dead. And we've had Nicola Sturgeon arrested. Nicola Sturgeon arrested. She was the uh, first minister of Scotland mm. until quite recently. So we've had four of the really big, big political figures of the last 15 years going down, being indicted, being going to the, the great big bunga bunga party in the sky in the case of Berlusconi. Um, and it's, I mean, it is incredible astrology, isn't it? Or fairly, you know, actually in a way straightforward astrology. What do you think, Sal? Yeah, Pluto. Pluto moved back into Capricorn, the, the major big transit on June the 11th. And this all happened. Um, you know, Pluto's going to be back in Capricorn now until January. Then it moves into Aquarius again. And at the end of 2024, it will just tip into Capricorn. And it does feel like it's such interesting. It's kind of like a clear up isn't it? or, or you know, corruption yeah. coming to light, um, endings. You know, there's we've had Pluto and Capricorn really since 2008 and we're now at the, the end game of this. So what's going to be kind of cleared out, what's going to be um, from what's hidden. Pluto's always what's hidden, but he excavates, he digs deep, you know, and what is, what is being revealed and incredible that these four, well, was, I think there was possibly more going on around the world, but it was just boom, boom, boom. As soon as Pluto was backing Capricorn. So I think we have to address this, don't we? That was our thoughts that we need to address this and look at why it's um, so important and how it relates to the charts personally as well. 
So I, I just put up Boris Johnson's chart. Boris Johnson, um, born on the 19th of June, 1964, in New York, um, which uh, a lot of people don't know that. Or rather, not a lot of people know that. I cannot do my Michael Caine impression, my famous um, Michael Caine impression, famously bad. Um, <laughs> um, not a lot of people know that. Uh, born in New York. Um, and that gives him 11 Libra rising, of course, which coincides with the UK ascendant, exactly. And his son at 28 degrees of Gemini. Um, in conjunction with Venus retrograde, not just in conjunction with Kazemi. And I actually think that is the one of the key notes of this chart is that incredible that the Venus retrograde is right in the heart of his son. Yeah. Um, and he's basically, he, you know, you look at that and it's not a direct, obvious, um, old fashioned, I want to say, um, it's not one of the, the well, not one of the big aspects. It's not a square. It's not um, an opposition. It's not a conjunction that's done this. It's an inconjunct or quincunx, which is that actually Pluto goes into quincunx aspect to that Sun Venus conjunction as soon as it goes back into Capricorn. And by the way, this is a great, um, uh, you know, there's some contrary there's some always a little bit of discussion between Vedic Indian astrologers and Western astrologers about, uh, you know, where the signs actually are. And this actually shows that it's very meaningful where the signs are because um, Vedic astrology uses is 23 degrees different. Um, mm-hmm. But as soon as Pluto went back into Capricorn, it started making this aspect again to his son, Venus. And yeah. Yeah. it was curtains really. Well, yeah, and he's got a lot going on in his chart that suggests it is the end. I mean, it's his Saturn return year, his second Saturn return, um, you know, Saturn, one of the planet of endings. The inconjunct is a blind spot. So it's not the star sign opposite. It's to the left or right of that. It's a blind spot. It's sometimes the things you didn't see coming, actually. And his sun, Venus, that sun, Venus, I mean, Venus is his ruling planet, Libra ascendant. So, you know, he is a... He's a charm merchant, Boris, isn't he? I mean, he really is. He's been able to use his kind of charm and his Gemini gift of the gab maybe to get where he wants to be. But yeah, Pluto is making this blind spot aspect going back into Capricorn. It will go back to 27 degrees Capricorn later this year. Um, So if you've got planets sort of 27, 28, 29 um, you know, you can kind of look what aspects going on. The other thing to say with Boris is that he has got his moon at um, zero Scorpio. So Pluto is square, that moon as well. So it's a real whammy of endings for Boris as Pluto Pluto also wipes out. It closes the door. It, it closes the door. I mean, he may regenerate horribly like some, you know, Hydra. Um and of course, because his moon is at zero degrees of Scorpio, he's been getting the square from Pluto the whole time this spring, really. Um, so he may have been really feeling this. Uh, he's, and I think he's feeling, it wouldn't surprise me if he weren't feeling quite vengeful, which is 
describes his behavior towards our current prime minister, Rishi Sunak, who he is trying to take down in a kind of last, he's, he's not leaving with grace or nobility or honor. Oh, surprise. He's not leaving with honor. Um, he's leaving, he's going kicking and screaming and trying to take as many people down with him as he can. Mm-hmm. And I think that does sometimes describe the sort of Scorpio tendencies as I'm not going, you know, I'm I'm taking you with me. Well, it's vengeful, isn't it? Scorpio is vengeful. Yeah. Um, the sting in the tail. I mean, all Scorpios, talking from personal experience, need to watch that side of their nature um, because, you know, you want to reach out and sting and and be vengeful, basically. Simple as that. Take revenge. Which so, does suggests that he definitely has his moon at zero degrees of Scorpio. I mean, the, one of the vet revenges that he's taking is quite a simple political one, which is he's persuaded his um, some of his political friends to resign their seats, which means that the Tories, the, who are the party in power, will have to have by-elections, extra elections, and it means their majority in Parliament is will shrink further because they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um and also he is, you know, it's interesting. It's a sinking ship, the Conservative Party anyway. Um, just to mention, I want to mention again that what Sally said a minute ago about the uh, Saturn return. So the other really, really important thing that happened in the past that's few days is Saturn stationing. And, you know, one doesn't always pay full attention to a Saturn station because it happens, you know, whatever. But this is a really big one. This is a real Saturn has was going quite fast. It got into Pisces, was going through Pisces quite quickly. I think it's at seven degrees now and it's stationing and turning backwards and it will go back over his Saturn. So he's had the first hit of his Saturn return, which was earlier on, you know, when he, um, uh, in I suppose April, May, some time like that. He's had he's had that, then it's coming back. But that Saturn station is really crucial and it really ripples out through through this this whole month, in fact, the whole of June, either either way, because it just sits there like yeah. so. Um and it mean it's it it's a it's a stop you know, when Saturn stations. And this one seems to me particularly like it's saying stop. Mm. Saying that to a lot of us personally as well, I would suggest, you know, stop, put your load down, just have a little rest. Yeah. Yeah. Take a step back. It's kind of take a step back. I mean, that Saturn turned retrograde on the 17th of June. So Pluto going back into Capricorn sat on the 11th, Saturn turning retrograde on 17th of June. It is, you know, when you're looking at your personal life, what is what do you need to come to an end? What do you need to sort of let go of, put down, as you say? So it's kind of a real it feels it feels a pivotal time. Yeah. Should we have a look at another chart? We're gonna yeah, try I just wanted to say one more thing about people who are experiencing Saturn return, which is, you know, twenty-eight and um twenty-eight-ish. And uh, people who are around Boris Johnson's age, born in 1964, uh, 64 through 66, you, you know, you'll be, this is your Saturn return year or a couple of years. Um, and it is a moment of maturing, of getting older in some way, mm-hmm. or a period where you go through the gateway from one 
period of life to another. And he is going from his middle ages, middle age to his elder age. I'm not saying you get elderly at 58, but you do go into the place of great, you know, you should be going to the place of sort of greater mastery, you know, of, uh, of mentoring younger people, all of that. So mm-hmm. he's going into that. And it's been interesting to see him physically age, even in the last few months as, as his Saturn return was kicking in. Yeah. Because of course his Saturn squares is Mars also, which is his physical, you know, his body. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we can look at another chart. Do you want Berlusconi or here, Trump? Let's just get straight to Trump. Okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, I already have people asking about Trump and what's happening. Uh, uh, in conjunct again, blind spot. <laughs> and Pluto, Pluto is hitting his uh, ascendant and his, actually Mars again, his vitality um, from a blind spot, right? Yeah, his ascendant's 29 Leo. So Pluto moving back into 29 Capricorn um, is at this inconjunct or quincunx aspect. So it's really interesting that it's kind of, it may be sort of, what's the word, Sign, side blinding. No, side something. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe blindsided by it. I think That's it. Thank you. <laughs> but I could say it may be blindsiding or side blinding. Side blinding. <laughs> anyway, whatever it is. Whatever. But, mm. but uh, you know, I would say Boris, that was a clear cut. That's the end, right? That was the end. It's the end of a 30-year chapter for Boris. Not yeah. so much with our friend Donald. No, it really does depend what happens while we have this Pluto. In conjunct, I mean, which, you know, because it's at 29, he gets it not only um, twice in 2023, but there will be a final hit um, September, October, November in 2024, the final time Pluto dips in. So it's it's ongoing. But he also I mean, he's we were looking, weren't we? There's Jupiter and Uranus are going to make a conjunction in Taurus next year in April, um, which is very exciting Jupiter and you know best planet Uranus can it can be kind of in innovation in a way it's kind of a reawakening but Jupiter Uranus can bring good things your way and it does hit his midheaven um his career point so it's kind of what what is new and beginning for him I mean it's not as clear-cut with him I think what's going to happen I mean you had some theories on this didn't you um you know, I, I I think the the main thing to say about Uranus is that it is unpredictable. Yeah. But I would say if I had a client with a Uranus um, Jupiter conjunction coming up to their midheaven, I would be very happy for them mm. uh, because this is a very lucky transit that brings in opportunities. However, and it brings in his case, it brings you know greater even greater fame. Is this possible? Even greater renown. But the fame, and this is the thing to understand with astrology, is the fame can go either way, right? You could be yeah. famous for being in the the you know the president who's in jail, or you can be famous for winning again. So it's 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 greater renown, mm. uh, but we're not. What you can't predict exactly what the renown rests on with Jupiter. It's um, so you know if you want to be better known. Jupiter on your midheaven with Uranus is great 
Um, and it, it suggests that he's going to be all over the news in April uh, 2024, all over the news. Why do I say that? I mean, it, because Uranus is also to do with broadcasting, mm-hmm. right? It's to do with that those wire, wire con- those connections between people. That is Uranian, right? So he's, that is going to be huge. So there's going to be some kind of huge news about Donald Trump next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's coming up. So he's been blindsided or side blinded by this Pluto thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it ain't over for him. There could be more. And one of the things, the cards that he's played so well or that has been played, you know, however it's worked out, is this victim thing. Mm-hmm. It's like he's got he's martyred. You know, he's the big, big martyr in the whole, you know, and isn't it awful that he's being, you know, some his followers really believe that he's, you know, uh, like Jesus, you know, <laughs> it seems. I mean, it's surprising, but there it is. He has. um And for them, this Jupiter, you know, so which suggests that the Jupiter Uranus thing is it's not predictable. Mm. And we really know what that fame and renown is going to be. Um, but the fact that it's ongoing with the Pluto in conjunct mm. suggests more blindsiding, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, wouldn't it be weird for him to be in jail, but still like very much in the public eye? Mm. There's nothing more public than Jupiter on your MC. Mm. Right? There's no greater sort of fame moment than that. Yeah. Yeah. And with the Uranus, it's like this unexpected weird thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is why it's, I mean, one of my thoughts with him is that we pay too much attention to Trump and not enough attention to the people who are coming behind him. So, you know, Ron DeSantis is the one that really springs to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Um, whose chart we don't have at the moment. But it'd be yeah. that in comparison to see what this transit has done for him, is it clearing the way for Ron DeSantis? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, what we're looking at is one, you know, because it was these events that took place as soon as Pluto moved back into Capricorn, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to look at one more chart here just quickly? This is the one I wanted to move on to the month ahead. Because, of course, the granddaddy of of this of the the, people call it the trump playbook it's really the brothersconi playbook which is get strange money make um make get okay i won't say dirty money oh wait did i just say dirty money but get money somehow do a lot of property development make money out of that become a media person get a lot of control in the media turn into kind of media clown and then win elections that's what brothersconi did but he did it you know in the early, uh, I think he was elected in the late nineties for the first time. And then he was elected a second time. P.S. Please take note that he got elected twice. You know, he's, you can get in and out and he was in and out of jail, etc. Right. Um, so Berlusconi was the first person to do all that and he died this week. Mm. And isn't that interesting that this person who paid, you know, paved the way or, um, showed how it could be done. We we haven't got Bolsonaro actually is another person we should look at. See what's happening to him at the moment. He's another one. But what do you think of this chart, Sally? I mean, the in conjunct again, 
is coming to hit, you know, it's happening again. And it's, it's his mid heaven is 27 degrees of Gemini. So he's got that, but he's also got this really special thing, which only happens to older people, which he's got, he's got, uh, you know, the lifetime Pluto opposition to his Pluto. It's coming back in. Yeah. Yeah. He was born in 1936. So he's already had Pluto opposite Pluto. Um, once and it was the sort of return of Pluto into Capricorn. Um, so, but interest, I mean, just interesting because you know, interesting that it's this inconjunct, isn't it? That it does again, it does again show quite clearly. Mm-hmm. So, I think when you're looking at your own chart, really notice, um, the quincunx are inconjuncts as well with Pluto, not just the the, the major transits of these, particularly these last degrees 27, 28, 29. Um, yeah, and I would say actually in general with Pluto in particular, but with these outer planets, because they move so slowly, you should pay attention to these so-called minor aspects. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with Berlusconi also this, the inconjunct, I mean, astrologers argue about whether a, a planet can aspect the nodes, but I would definitely argue it can. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that his, um, that again, that Pluto made an inconjunct to his South node, which, and his South node is on the mid heaven. And by the way, folks, you know, this is another kind of thing to keep in mind when, if you're really interested in astrology and you're looking at charts that actually the South Node on the Midheaven, which may sound terrible, can lead to great fame and renown and uh, success. Because I think Berlusconi was a successful person by his own standards or by a certain standards. He's very successful. And he had a South Node uh, making conjunction exactly to his Midheaven, which is, I think, an interesting aspect. And how did he make his money? Uh, his real fame was through that Gemini Sagittarius stuff of media. That was, yeah. his, was, was actually just to think, oh, I'm going to own everything in Italy. I think he owned 90% of the television. Wow. That's it's, a lot. Yeah, it's a monopoly. It's, it's, you know, that is a total destroyer of democracy. Mm. Um, he owned 90% of the TV. Well, there you go. That's that South node on the, on the uh, MC. Mm. Mm. Um, so interesting isn't it i mean kind of we couldn't not talk about this because it seemed such big news out in the the world with and nicola sturgeon i mean we're not going to look at her chart now but sun cancer we're moving into cancer season um i mean and pluto was just which she's got a lot of tricky astrology going on um but it, it is about pluto partly but other planets involved with for her with with her i mean i think it's worth mentioning that Nicola Sturgeon, uh, first of all, I'm very sad about it because I think she's an incredible politician um, and a great um, role model, feminist role model, actually. Um, However, she does have kind of dodgy taste in men in some ways. And she's got Saturn in Taurus in her seventh house, which is currently experiencing a Uranus transit to translate that into English. Uh, she's got this, she had an old, you know, she's got Saturn in the seventh house. Her husband is actually quite a bit older than her um, and has been her great support and rock through her life, helping her political career by just being very steady and very there. 
However, he is involved in this financial scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there was a huge conflict of interest and in he was running the Scottish Nationalist Party while she was the first minister. And I, that just seems to me odd. Anyway, Uranus is sitting on that Saturn, which has been her support, her steady rocket support through her whole life. Yeah. Um, and we'll see what happens because Jupiter is going to come to that point too. That, yeah. Jupiter's, that Uranus conjunction that we were talking about earlier happens on Nicholas Sturgeon's husband, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Uranus, sort of Uranus transits in the seventh, a classic for either divorce or needing to sort of split away or distance yourself in some way. So, I mean, I, I imagine she's going through a real tough personal time at the moment um, with that. Yeah. But- are coming in as well you know that that can there can be a reawakening with the jupiter uranus conjunction um that's coming in next year so so we'll see but also you know if you are a sun cancer or you know you've got cancer to think you've got pluto coming back into capricorn and it's often another person it's kind of you know it can be it can be an ex or it can be a boss or something but you know if you're a cancer what who or what is coming back into your life what needs to be sort of the door closed on as well so just looking at it from a star sign perspective. Well, we're moving into cancer season. Go on, you were going to say something else. I have one more thing to say about her because she has the sun like 26 degrees of cancer. So it's just slightly out of thing, but it's still. So if you have got stuff and late cancer, even though it's not going to be hit again necessarily by Pluto, it's still going to feel that staying of Pluto. Mm. Uh, so basically, she'll be getting the opposition. It's not the Queen Kung's; it's the opposition straight at her son, yeah. um, and that. And she literally was arrested, you know, as soon as as Pluto went back into Capricorn. She actually had to go to the police station and make a statement, didn't she? I mean, they unarrested her, mm-hmm. uh, but that's really a big deal. And the other thing that was happening, that's been happening, is that Pluto has been opposite her Mars at zero degrees of Leo. So those of you who've got planets in really early Leo and really late ca- Cancer, you're you're getting this back and forth of the Pluto really powerfully. Yeah, um, and obviously, ditto if you have planets in late Capricorn and early Aquarius. Although I think what I would also add to that is that sometimes the conjunction is easier than the opposition, although both are very tough. You know, at least some for the Capricorns and Aquarians, it can be that, you know, Pluto's on your side, so to speak, rather Mm -hmm. than just straight at you. You know, Pluto is criminals, right? It's like your crime's coming back to me. I'm thinking about Nicholas Sturgeon, but it's also the police. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's military stuff. And the the police came for her Mm -hmm. and they, they, you know, and they took her, took her in. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly hope that it turns out to be not um, as bad as it could as it mm-hmm. could be for her sake. Yeah. Because, uh, I, and I, I also think just long term, this may be the end of her marriage or certain partnerships, but give it a few years and she'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a different way to start this podcast, isn't it? Oh, well, we had to talk about it. It was crazy. We had to talk about it. Yeah, we did. Um, 
So shall we start to look at what's coming up? I mean, we are, you know, we're at one of the pivotal moments in the year as the sun moves into Cancer on 21st of June, um, which is the solstice, either summer or winter, depending where you live. Um, and, yeah, sun moving into Cancer. Actually, yeah. I was going to say what's interesting for me is during Gemini season, I've had a host of people visiting Um kind of a lot of people visiting very social Gemini season. This part of me now, as the sun's getting ready to move into cancer, it's like, okay, I might be on my own in the house for a bit. That might be nice. <laughs> Nest a little, retreat, be less social. Um, so just, yeah, just from a personal personal level. Um, and we're going to start by, well, maybe do we want to talk more about Cancerians or, you know? Oh. We could. We've just had a, a wonderful a, a Cancerian politician. Yeah, we have Nicholas, Nicholas Sturgeon. Of course, that makes me also think of Angela Merkel, another Cancerian politician. And of course, these people. You know, one of the things traits of Cancer is patriotism. Yes. Um, and I think that you know both Merkel and uh, Sturgeon are particularly patriotic style politicians. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they. Love- you know, mom home and apple pie. This is the 4th of July as well. And 14th of July, Bastille Day. These are national, big national days when you celebrate your country. Yeah. yeah. And Nelson Mandela is the other classic one. Because, you know, I often get a lot of Cancerians, you know, that sometimes they don't have families, sometimes they don't love their home, but it's going to play out in different ways. You know, it can be your, I don't know, your business is your family. That was Richard Branson was the classic Cancerian. And he talked about you know, the importance of having that sort of ethos within a business, that it was a family business. So, you know, it can play out in a leadership way. Where do you have this patriotism or where do you kind of take charge and create family in your life? Um, I think it's that's an important drive for cancer, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that we can get very kind of bogged down in the whole idea that all cancerians are going to have 50,000 children, etc. Um, and actually, I know loads of cancers who don't have kids at all, yeah. but have created these other families, yeah. um, whether that's friendship groups or whatever, and actually don't want to have kids. And I think that I find that quite an interesting aspect of the cancer um, complex, you know, yeah. is that actually they may consciously have decided not to have kids. Mm. Mm. It's a very reflective star sign as well, isn't it? Ruled by the moon. I kind of just for me, what's interesting at the moment is that um, because living by the sea, wanting to swim in the sea, we've got jellyfish at the moment in the sea because it's been so hot here. And they're moonfish, moon jellyfish. They're blue and they're round and they look like the moon. They're beautiful in a way. Um, And it does, you know, I did think, oh, this is, uh, are these going to sort of be in the sea all the time? Well, the sun's in cancer. I'm going to be swimming alongside moon jellyfish um, who've just come to stay for a bit. We'll see. We'll see how long they last. <laughs> and of course, the moon rules the tides and the, you know, and rules cancer. Mm-hmm. And as we know, t- cancer is a tidal kind of sign. It's moody. It's mo- more affected by the, the, the movement of the moon um, than any other sign for obvious reasons. Which means that it, you know, if you're a Cancerian, you may find that the, you know, you your mood really changes through the month mm-hmm. and through days. And it's, I mean, every Cancerian should stay conscious of the moon, of yeah. where, 
what phase the moon is in more than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you live with a cancer, you should pay attention to that. You know, yeah. cancer, cancer moon, cancer rising, all of those aspects of, you know, anybody with those um, cancerian signatures in their sign, if you live with them or if you have those, once you start to work with the tides of the moon, then you'll be able to get into the rhythm of your cancerian mate or child or grandmother or whoever it is much more effectively and understand them. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. It's a real emotional ebb and flow, isn't it, through the through the moon cycle. So we're so, having a look at the solstice chart now. Uh, yeah, fiery. <laughs> Those of you, yeah. It's the sun. The sun is at zero degrees cancer, but, I mean, that's all that's going on in cancer. Everything's happening in Leo in the solstice chart, which is the chart you know, for this moment that the sun changes star sign and begins this new season, astrological season. Um, And we've got the moon, Venus, Mars, all in Leo, fire sign Leo, all up at the peak of the chart. I mean, it feels red hot, doesn't it? And I mean, one of the, we've got heat here in the UK, there's been fires raging out of control in Canada. Um, You know, so this fiery, this, the heat of the sun, this fiery element Still feels very strong, very prominent. Still feels really strong. And when did Mars go into Leo? I mean, it was several weeks ago now. It was at the end of mid-May, twenty-first of May. First of May. So that is Mars, the planet of fire, in the hot, fiery Leo. And Mm. Mars is going to continue there until the tenth of July. And actually, on the solstice itself. Mars is making conjunction with uh, Lilith, with Black Moon Lilith, which is pretty, could be quite fiery, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I would think that fire is not just in Canada, but I would think, you know, on the other hand, having said that we are in a climate crisis, yep. it's, we're going to be having that, you know, that is the, that, you know, you don't need, need to be an astrologer to say that. Yeah. Um, but maybe this means that people will actually be paying more attention to it because Leo is also the sign of drama. And there's nothing, I mean, these pictures of New York City in an orange, looking orange, are incredibly dramatic. They are like a dramatic illustration of climate change, guys. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe this will get people taking this more seriously and understanding that action needs to be taken now because also Mars is the planet of action. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, we've got all these fiery planets at the peak of the solstice chart and they, they have been kind of gathering up energy from their square to Jupiter in Taurus. So there's this Jupiter expands what it touches. I think all the squares have happened now, but coming up, we've got Uranus is also in Taurus you know the act, the Earth activist. I often think Uranus in Taurus. So all these planets are also going to be clashing with Uranus as well, bringing this, you know, the, the kind of an activist need for activism, um, as well yeah, as planets Jupiter and Uranus are sort of stirring up the energy of that trio in Leo. Yeah, 
Uh, and also, I would say we don't. It's, it's not more activism that's required. It's actual action, <laughs> government, <laughs> to do something. You know, I, I think that everybody is fully aware. It's like who needs their consciousness raised any further about the climate crisis, right? We all know that it's happening. We're feeling it. We're seeing it. We're having these pictures. Um, it's what action needs to be taken immediately. And I, I'm, I think you're right about that. what's interesting about the planets in Leo is that they're sort of translating from Jupiter to Uranus. So they're carrying that energy from Jupiter to Uranus. Mm-hmm. So we get these big, big fires. And what's going to happen when actually in a few days' time? So this is the, the end of the la- that last week of June, right, from the solstice onwards. When Mars makes the square to Uranus, it's like another spark, isn't it? Um, it is. Yeah, that happens on the 26th of June. It's a very rebellious, it's, it's the rebel, the radical, isn't it? Mars square Uranus. So, you know, if you're Leo or Taurus, how's this playing out for you? Um, you know, for, for Leo, I think it's very much for Leo. It's about what's going on in your career or, you know, your future path. What are you what are you needing to rebel against or break free from, I would suggest, um, with that. And Taurus maybe in similar themes in a way. I mean, Taurus, it's for Taurus, it's been such a fascinating time with having Uranus there, the planet of change in the star sign that doesn't really like change. I mean, Taurians are probably quite used to it now, but still there's this theme of what are you needing to break away from or break free from? And that might be something in your past, or it might be, you know, moving on from your your home in some way as the Leo activity is taking place in your home sector, the sector that's linked to your past. Hmm. It's a fascinating solstice chart, really. I mean, on, you know, drawing it up here for Oxford uh, gives gives uh, Libra rising with a square from Pluto. Um, and Pluto is also going to be squaring the nodes out of sign. You know, there, it's a very activated chart. It is not kind of boring, is it? No. It's not going to be a boring summer. It's going to be a really interesting summer. It's going to be a really interesting month. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think things are going to happen. And things are going to happen fast. Mm. You know, it. It. it's not this because Saturn really isn't that involved here. It feels like things are going to be quite dramatic and happen fast. That's, um, which, <laughs> you know, we already saw Pluto moved into Capricorn. Bang, 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 bang. You know, mm. suddenly these big events opening up. So it, it is. It's it's it. It feels kind of dramatic and full on, and and needing to um, you know engage actively with life, make snap decisions, perhaps, um, and be quite dramatic in your decisions. And this really, when you're looking at solstice chart, this is the chart for the next three months until the equinox, um, which comes in September, late September. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the other important uh, aspect in this chart is the very nice sextile between uh, Mercury and Mars, which, again, is very fast and very active. You know, Mercury is in its own sign. It's looking really, um, you know, and it's finally struggled out of that (laughs) retrograde in the shadow and everything, which was really, its time in Taurus was really um, arduous for a lot of people 
But now, and this is, you know, also good for Geminis, although you're no longer in your birthday season after the 21st of June, you still got Mercury in your sign. So you're still enlivened, you know, and feeling very kind of fully Gemini, you know, um, and mm-hmm. that's helpful for other people too. I mean, so for example, um, you know, like Virgos, for instance, having Gemini, Gemini is dancing across your midheaven mm-hmm. and fairly pleasantly. On, it makes a good aspects to um Mars, but it's pleasantly kind of unencumbered. It's not making horrible aspects to anything. Yeah. And I think act fast with that. I mean, Mercury is whizzing through Gemini. It's back up to full speed. So, you know, it moves into Cancer on June 27th. So for Gemini and Virgo, it's kind of, you know, act fast. Yeah. Um, Actually, for everybody, I think that, you know, get the, the stuff that got really blocked when mercury was in taurus if you got any sort of paperwork or stuff like that get it done really fast because you got this great whoosh of energy uh of you know can you know mercury is at his most can do in, in gemini i love it lots of conversations lots of you know have the conversations that you couldn't have sign the papers that you couldn't do get it all done because yeah. later in the the summer we're also going to have that big venus retrograde which is going to put a pause on other things yeah we've got this kind of window to get some stuff done now mm. the other i mean the other thing that's worth mentioning here and this i think is a theme that's running kind of more behind the scenes is the jupiter saturn sextile which you know at this it's active at the solstice chart i mean it's exact on the 19th of june so moving into cancer season, um, Jupiter in Earth sign Taurus, Saturn in Pisces, which I suppose rules the seas. I mean, it's kind of, you know, the the, the slower moving star signs in a way. And there is a theme of that, I think, with that Jupiter Saturn needing some kind of grounding. Um, you know, I've been talking a lot about people uh, with people recently about where do you need to slow down? to speed up actually it's kind of where do you need to slow down so you can get in touch with you know your vision or your purpose it's like what's running beneath in a way what's grounding you what's fueling you what's helping you see your way forward and sometimes you can only do that by really slowing down being in nature maybe I mean I find nature so incredible you know if I need to my mind's too busy go to nature to sort of reconnect with that knowingness. And I think that Jupiter Saturn sextile is really helpful for that. And, you know, that's, that's going to be active actually for all, all this next month. It will be active. It's really active as Jupiter, as Saturn stations there. I mean, I also just think that the Saturn station is about putting down a burden, you know, it's thinking, actually, I I can't deal with that now. Mm. Uh, I'll pick it up again Mm. later. But right now I can't deal with that. And this may be like a relationship or some responsibility that you have or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily a, uh, you know, what one might think or, you know, a concept as a bunch of ideas, you know, and also this is in Pisces, this Saturn. So it's, it can be, it's very kind of vague what that thing that you're putting down is but I would suggest it's probably not a material thing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So put it down and then let the Jupiter take off. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's a pause, isn't it? That's certain in Pisces. Yeah, and this is particularly true for Pisces, by yeah. the way. Yeah. And so for, for Virgos, you know, you may be finding that this Saturn station, which is, you know, still uh, Saturn um, turned retrograde in mid-June, um, but it's still sort of sitting around that seven degrees for a really long time. And that is is a station. And that Saturn station may be putting a pause in a particularly important relationship for Virgos. Mm. Um, and also for Geminis, there may be a pause in your um, on upward trajectory, you know, as you tr- climb the greasy pole as a Gemini or whatever, there may be this, this is a, like a look a pause. Yeah. And also I'd say for Sagittarius, it's kind of look at what's happening at home family with parents or childcare or something like that. You know, maybe you need to do less so you can do more, but it's around that area um, of life. So kind of powerful, particularly for those mutable star signs, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces in particular. And Saturn will be retrograde now. I think it's until November. Yeah. So, you know, there's no rush in those areas. No yeah. rush. It's literally put something down for quite a long time, you know. Don't do it over the summer, whatever it is. Yeah. Put it put it to the side and yeah. stop worrying about that thing. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about all the other things instead. So much more fun. Um, well i mean with cancer season it's like you know it is i always think you need to find your nest or you know you need to find your place of comfort in cancer season it's kind of it's coming back to sort of the you know the smaller circle in your life and prioritizing you know maybe the ones you love or your own need for comfort and nurture um i think that's important in cancer season um as you were saying earlier, it's a cancer season, which is not so, so cancery. I mean, there's um, Juno is going to be in Cancer, which is nice. Pretty much con- making conjunction. Juno is the asteroid of the, um, you know, of the mother of the of the um, head of the, of the matriarchy, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of as a matriarchal asteroid and she's coming into cancer and that's quite a powerful place for it i can see the family reunion with grandma sort of sitting at the head of the table um in her armchair and mercury will be in cancer from i'm just thinking well it's only there for a short while again because it's moving quickly 27th of june to the 11th of july you've got mercury in cancer as well that's Um, really great i mean that's and so it's not such a cancer cancer season is it no, it's not. It's like, okay, drink in that cancer because then Mercury goes into Leo and joins everybody else. And yep. joins the Leo party. The Leos are just gathering everyone around them, I think, at this point, you know. Um, and it's a Leo season is 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 starting pre the sun moving into Leo, um, which happens on 23rd of July. There's a lot of activity there. And that Venus and Mars, you know, the lovers of the heavens are staying close in Leo until Mars moves into Virgo on the 10th of July. Um, so wherever that Venus Mars conjunction falls in your life, you know, who's your ally, who's your passion, who's your desire, um, 
you know, for Leo Aquarius, also Aries, that's kind of, it can be, those are the sectors of the chart that could be about romance, love um, going on. So a time to kind of chase after that, chase after love, passion, desire as well, with that being in the sky yesterday. I mean, one of the advantages of this very hot weather, we're having very hot weather, speaking of uh, Mars in in the UK, we're having a heat wave. And, uh, but you can actually see Venus and Mars in the night sky at the moment, if you look that away, whichever way that is. It's west, I think. It's west. West. And it's very, very clear. Um, I think it'll be clear probably for most of this coming month, actually, because um, she's very, very bright before she goes retrograde. Um, at that, you know, at the retrograde, she's is a very bright moment usually for Venus. Um, yeah, until she disappears below the horizon. Sometime in August. Well, it will be in July. It will be sometime in July. She'll disappear from view. So make the most of her now. Yeah. So just before that disappearance, it tends to be this very bright Venus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and like I said, you can see it now. Uh, and Mars looks like a very tiny, tiny red dot beside this very large and glorious blue Venus, which is quite an interesting contrast as well. Yeah. Yeah. Venus rules. <laughs> She's in charge. Um so that's ongoing. And then there's this big Leo party. So, and then Leo, of course, Venus is in Leo until October. So this, this is a, a year really, which has got a lot of Leonine energy, a lot of, which is a lot of drama actually for the rest of us. Um, mm. unlike, because Lilith has been in Leo since January and will continue to be there as she moves quite slowly until October also. So that, um, and Pallas Athena is also in Leo, lest I forget. Okay. Other of this asteroid energy and this more hidden energy is also in Leo. So that gives it a lot, even more kind of um, power, I think. Yeah, that's all. I mean, it also, you know, I th- I'm thinking this, this Venus in Leo for such a long time. It's about being indulgent as well. And it's about, you know, really enjoying life. It's kind of Venus in Leo wants pleasure, Um, you know, and it's kind of also about and when you say with the asteroids as well, I kind of feel it's there's so much going on at the moment. I feel out there with um, particularly women gathering together, you know, to mark these to start to mark these important events. I'm noticing it more and more coming together on the full moon, the new moon, the solstice. There's events where, you know, people want to come together together. and find sort of support and enjoyment and love. And I think that's part of this as well. I think that's part of this Venus in Leo. Um, Getting in touch with your heart and finding your people too. I mean, we need, you know, this with all that's going on in the world, all these big things, it's kind of just keep bringing it back to the personal and what can you do to to make the most of, to make the most of life. I I love looking at Venus in Leo for that too. So, <laughs> um, just just for fun, but that's still we're really talking about it already. Uh, but you know, it's it's uh, a full moon on the third of July in Capricorn, of course, because it's the opposite sign to Cancer, where the sun is. Hmm. Uh, so you get that full moon, which is, I mean, it's 
Uh, it's important for Capricorns, of course, because this is your full moon of the year. Yep. You may be very emotional at that point, but it's actually not that. It's not getting the big aspects, is it? No, it's actually this full moon is getting. I think it's getting. It's getting strong support. Yeah, there's, there's the sextile or trine, depending whether you're looking from the sun or moon to Jupiter, and the same sextile or trine to Saturn in Pisces. It feels like a real. This full moon feels like an anchor moment. Um, yeah. I think it's quite a grounded full moon, actually, which perhaps is what's needed in this Leo time with all you know the drama that's going on. There's something about the period around this full moon, the end of June, beginning of July, where you can kind of find your anchor, find your groundedness. Um, I mean, they're nice aspects. They're nice aspects to it. Yeah, they're, I mean, it's important for, um, again, this is very rather collective feel about the full moon. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the States, of course, it's the night before the 4th of July, and then 4th of July will also have this full moon in Capricorn also. So that's actually very beautiful. Yeah. Um, to me, this is about the collective experience more, this full moon. Mm-hmm. Um being at a gathering or something like that um and i mean obviously it's personal personal with capricorns and cancer you know cancer cancerians is about your big relationships in life you know actually you may find that you're able to make some kind of positive uh commitment in fact or some kind of change um although interestingly enough it's not an applying aspect to saturn and jupiter it's it's a it's a separating aspect at the full moon so it seems to me this is like a brief moment of grounding and collective stuff and then we move on you know it and i I feel that about a lot of the astrology this summer is that um or this coming month is that it's happening quite quickly because of that speedy mercury Mm. and we do stuff and then we move on yeah yeah, I mean, there's when you know when this astrology kind of peaks for me is that well, I think it's the last couple of days of June, twenty ninth, thirtieth of June. The Sun and Mercury are trying that Saturn, and then on the first of July, you get the Sun Mercury conjunction at nine degrees Cancer. Both planets sextile Jupiter on Saturday, the first of July. So really lovely for social events on that date. Um, you know, really using the sort of the loveliness of those aspects, actually, the astrology. Um, and also feels quite lucky. I think that feels quite lucky when Jupiter's active. So it's kind of a good day to trust your luck, kind of take a leap of faith. Um, and I think that's good news, particularly for those two star signs, Cancer and Taurus. Um, but other star signs involved there as well, possibly Pisces, Capricorn, because it's in those planets are in your luck sector. Um so it's quite nice, quite nice energy leading up to that full moon. Yeah, I think so. So it's like, in a way, I would say it's like almost before the full moon, really. And the full moon is the culmination of some kind of stuff that's been going on in the previous week. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't wait for the full moon or consider the full moon that moment of it's a moment of fullness. It's the fruition of something. So maybe just that you're organizing a party, then you have it at the full moon. But it, it's more like that. And then we move on to a kind of new phase, don't we? 
from because it looks you know when you're looking at the astrology it's very kind of active in that last week of june first bit of july mm. and then things do kind of well mercury doesn't slow down but then it, it's sort of less busy and one's more able to um well except of course there's the big the big deal is that Mar- is mars moving into um virgo which is you know mars's move from one sign to another is always a big deal mm. because mars activates stuff yeah um, so Mars activates Virgo from the 10th of July, which means that it activates all of those other mutable signs as well. It does. But, you know, if you could say that that Mars in Leo is kind of speedy and fast in a fast sign, but then moving into an Earth sign, it's, a, it, you know, there's it's more discerning maybe, or there is something a bit slower about Mars moving into an Earth sign. And that's the waning phase of the moon, isn't it, from 3rd of July to 17th of July. I do think it's it's this month, it's, you know, it is kind of step by step. It's step by step, really sort of, oh, I don't even know how to put it into words. <laughs> like, I've lost my words. Maybe oh. just sort of come back to self, come back, come back to your heart and trust your way forward. Um yeah, I mean it is it's 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 slowing things down. And then we get the new moon, don't we, on the 17th of July in Cancer. Yeah. So is that a time of new beginnings or not? Well, one just one point to make about the slowing things down. I'm not entirely convinced because actually I think they're slowing down in some bits and speeding up in others. Okay. It's not kind of it's not as simple as that, is it? It's actually comp- a very complex picture. But the other thing that's going down is Venus because she's about to go retrograde. Yeah, she is. Going really slowly in Leo. Yeah. And she Uh, does have to say goodbye to Mars, doesn't she? (laughs) She's kind of chased after her. I mean, it's right. She turns retrograde at 28, Leo, which we'll be talking about next month. But it's kind of, oh, and Mars just sort of moves out of Leo and changes star sign and she waves goodbye. But by the new moon on the 17th of july she's already stationing really she's at 28 degrees yeah she is slowed down and if you have anything at 28 degrees of leo or aquarius or um uh, taurus or scorpio that's really interesting having that station start to happen of venus at that point and it's really powerful you know around that new moon Mm. Uh, the new moon is on a semi-sextile to it so it's not a a regular thing, but Pluto is making an in conjunct to Venus when she's there. And we've just, just spent the whole first part of this podcast discussing the importance of the in conjunct. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? I mean, I do think that's being blindsided or having surprises, mm. uh, being blindsided, especially I would think for Venus ruled signs, Libra and um Yeah. Libra and Taurus, yeah. I mean, it is, it's kind of, you know, this, I find this, this is, this is not, uh, it doesn't feel like a new moon of beginnings, really, because, you know, Pluto is opposite the sun and moon. I mean, it's, and it will pose Mercury on the 10th of July. It opposes the sun on 22nd of July. So there's that theme of endings. And right at this new moon, there's that Venus Pluto blind spot. And Venus is about to turn away. You and know, she, really interesting. 
She will continue to be in that spot. It's not just at the new moon, is it? It's for that week and then the following week. And you know what? Thinking about this, I wonder about the economy again. Okay. Um, something happening. I mean, one of the things I notice about these Canadian wildfires is that it's destroyed the wheat crop, yeah. um, which is huge in Canada. And if we, if Canada doesn't have wheat and Ukraine doesn't have wheat, that's very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, so just thinking ahead about what's happening with that. Um, mm-hmm. There's and the reason I say it's something about the economy is that Pluto and Venus are two the two money planets really, yeah. um, and I wonder also about something really weird like the price of gold not going up or going down or something like that just at this point because yeah. Venus and Leo or Leo is the sign that uh, this is the sign of gold. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting astrology, actually, isn't it? And I think on a personal level, I think maybe at this new moon, it might be a time to consider who you let go or move away from, because Mars has moved away from Venus. And and Venus doesn't quite make the quincunx or inconjunct aspect of Pluto, because Pluto's at 29, and Venus turns retrograde at 28. So it's like she's going to slide back into something that may not be good for her, that could be, you know, Pluto can be your obsession. It can be sort of your bad habits. Um, And then she decides, changes her mind, and she steps back. So on a personal level, this new moon could be a time to let go of something or someone toxic in your life, someone not good for you. You know, you're not going to slip back into a situation that doesn't suit you. Um, You know, particularly, I would think for Leo, look at that. Um, Possibly Aquarius, too, with Venus being in your opposite star sign. It's kind of intriguing astrology at this new moon, isn't it? Really intriguing. I also think that point you just made, you could apply to, um, you know, Cancer and Capricorn. You know, they, they, you know, think about your relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, is there someone who's bad for you? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this being astrology, we're talking polarities, right? So is there someone that's good for you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, is there someone who's, you know, helping you? Don't let them get away. You know, this is a real, it's a real, the one that got away astrology, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like Mars is just going, getting away and she's, having to and maybe you know if we were like turning this into a little mini play a mini saga i think we should (laughs) it's like she was you know following mars she and mars were together and then pluto intervenes and it's some inconjunct thing and then mars gets away and she has to go back and has other stuff to deal with Mm. that other stuff to deal with is loving herself obviously Mm mm-hmm herself because that is the thing is i am i right so it's about it's a sign that teaches us that it's okay to love yourself yeah you know it's okay because that makes you more generous and where does generosity come from it's the most generous sign leo when it's behaving well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and you and the point is to be generous with you in the coming months Mm. to be generous with yourself yeah um and the new moon in 
cancer is it is pretty much opposite to that pluto and it's applying so they moon is taking the light from the sun and then it's reflecting it back onto pluto in hours time right Mm -hmm. so it's an applying thing yeah i think it's i think for me it's a real theme of self-care around this new moon you know do what's good for you do what nurtures you do what comforts you it's if you're looking if you're thinking you know where to set intentions what the the new beginning might be around it's it's yeah, it's putting self first and watching out for these other people in your life a little bit. Oh, what? yeah, because no, and, and this may apply to all those people who, you know, there's certain star signs that do this more than others. And I would say Cancer, Libra, you know, that people-pleasing, Virgo also, trying to put other people first. Maybe it's a time to, okay, this is my time. This is, this is you know, how can I nurture and love myself? And a few days later, we're going to get the... Mars opposite to the Saturn as well. Yes, we are. Um, opposition being set up there. Yeah, it's twentieth of July that happens. Yeah, um, which can also be a clash of author with authority, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so it looks like. I mean, to wrap up, it looks like a fiery, <laughs> fiery season ahead, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, there's no. This fiery season ahead, as this Mars, Venus, etc., continues in Leo, and that even when Mars leaves, Mercury comes in. You know, so it's it's Leo is on fire, and one of the things about that is that it's quite hard to sustain that fire for all that time. It becomes tiring, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that one piece of advice would be, to, you know, to put down some of your burdens or responsibilities if you can at this point. I agree. And find your, you know, maybe this is the theme of cancer season. Find your nest, find your retreat as well. Um, take care of self. There is a, yeah, it's an interesting month coming up. I like it. I think it's, you know, quite exciting on the whole. Um, and some interesting stuff going on. So, yeah. yeah. And then we'll move into Leo season with Venus retrograde, which we'll be talking about next month. Yeah. I think it is exciting and I think it is actually lucky for certain signs because of the Venus Jupiter in the um, fixed signs, mm. you know, the, the fixed signs, there can be some really lucky stuff with this, with the two planets of luck on important angles. Yeah. And that's so the fixed signs, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius. You know, there's opportunities for you. And obviously with, say, with Aquarius, it's to do with, you know, with your relationships, Mm. right? Um, Or it's to do with your um, home life with Aquarius. It's one of those, those two things are working really well together. Yeah, and for Scorpio, it's about your connections, your alliances, the people who can help you. Yeah. Um, And career, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a career thing. This this whole Venus up there, all that fire for Scorpio is in your career sector, you know, being seen, being noticed. Not yeah. Scorpio's yeah. necessarily favorite thing, but being noticed in a nice way. Uh, but, um, you know, and, and for Leos, you know, this is about me. It's personal, right? Mm-hmm. It's about yourself. But it's also about career for Leo. Mm-hmm. Getting your stuff out there being seen, going for the prize, um, 
talking to the man, you know, this. And so, yeah, so I think there's a lot of luck with these fixed things. Yeah, and Taurus, you've got Jupiter in your star sign for a whole year. Come on, <laughs> make the most of it. <laughs> Jupiter in your sun sign and you've got um, Venus in Leo, which although, you know, people would say, oh, it's a square aspect, but they're still pinging each other, you know, and it's still on this critical on these critical angles. Mm-hmm. So for Taurus, it's your home life. You know, maybe your family is really great at the moment. Are you really enjoying them? Or you're, um, I'm saying that because my daughter is a Taurus. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, may, I was going to say maybe you're breaking free of them at last <laughs> for some Taurians. Who knows? But <laughs> not for you, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you're breaking free and you're enjoying them because yeah. you're <laughs> well, yeah. being in life if you're a Taurus. Oh, and Taurus, obviously, this is the summer to, you know, decorate your home. Okay, I think we should wrap it up there because we've had a a lot going on in this one. We really did. Um, Sally, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, Christina. Yes, I agree. I've enjoyed it tremendously. Me too. Could have gone on talking for hours. But I will see you, well, I'll see you before next month, obviously, but I will see you for this particular project next month. Yeah, see you then. Take care, everybody. Bye. 